Welcome to Deeper Dive. I'm your host, Jay Wald, and this is season two, episode 34. And guess who I have on the other line? Uh-huh. Greatest. <laughs> you don't have to say your name anymore. They know no, who you are. They just know who I am? Oh, they, wow. know, they, you don't have to say nothing. You know, <laughs> I'll tell everybody. I'll let them know you. <laughs> this is Dawn, hey. the world's greatest co-host. <laughs> I want to welcome you on. I know you're in an undisclosed mm-hmm. location. I am. Um, I am. Doing what you got to do. I doing what I got to do. That's, That's right. <laughs> you are a man in the helm. I appreciate that. Well, we want to um, thank all our podcast listeners for taking the time out uh, each and every week to listen out to us, to listen for something uh, that will strike their lives uh, when it becomes to the word. Um, any questions, comments, and concerns? Always. You can send it via WhatsApp, 954 388-8780 and guess who is back I know right no we don't have to call him by his, his legal name <laughs> we, have a, we have a podcast name for him go ahead Joe I'm going to let you do that one okay okay he is, he is, he is known as <laughs> we're going to know as Pastor Baritone Pastor Baritone that's him Pastor, Pastor Baritone, Baritone. That's it. It just sticks with him. <laughs> but like I say, the legal name we're going to give is Gervon Marsh. Welcome back, brother. How are you doing, Gerald? Good to see you. Hi, Don. How are you? Hi, I'm good. I'm good. good. That's good. Uh, and just wanted to... Yes, yeah, right, man. There's nobody. What, what name does he have for you, Don? Because I'm surprised he doesn't have a name for you yet. Of course, oh, he has yes. a name for me. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> actually, actually, Don's husband loves it. Velvet. <laughs> You got that voice. You know Let, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you for taking the time out, uh, as always, to, to speak with us and uh, enjoy the podcast. As always, let's start with a word of prayer. Father God, we want to thank you once again for this beautiful day you've given us, Lord. And each and every day we wake up and give you praise, just hope. We want to thank you for all that you've done because everything is about you and for you. So, Lord, continue to bless us that we will be blessing to someone else. Thank this podcast, everything that works for this podcast, for your glory. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 All righty. So, uh, this is August, right? And this is the month of prayer. This month of prayer for August, yes. Right, right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, um, before you ask, before you go into sure. the sermon. Sure, sure. So why did we decide now that we're having every month has a specific theme because we've never done that before well um so one of the things that i believe is that we must be systematic in instructing the church and um i've done this in other churches where you basically put a preaching curriculum together for the church that guides and um After each sermon, we would have a small group or we have Bible studies that really goes deeper into the sermon. That's why the last time around, I was really commending you all because it's one thing to hear a sermon, but when you dig deeper and see how you can apply to your life, it actually helps you to retain the content of the message and the content of the word of God. So that is the objective to systematically educate the church on specific issues. Of course, um you know we're not able to do that adequately within what 30 or 40 minutes of preaching but at least folks have something to look forward to and the amazing thing too is this um i've done this where you plan the year ahead in terms of your thematic preaching and i've seen where 
it has worked perfectly in light of current events and or the issues within the church. Mm -hmm. So the point is a spirit can lead in helping us to see ahead and address the issues that, you know, are relevant to the life and, and, and situation of our church members. But we have to find ways to appropriately. So we go to school, you actually have a curriculum. Why don't we do that for preaching? Why should it be all over the place? Mm -hmm. Find a way to appropriately address specific issues um, with and for our members. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds okay. very good. Now you know why she's called Velvet. <laughs> By the way, Don, I was about to say that was a beautiful question. I knew it. I knew it. You know, no, what? I'm leaving that for Joe. As soon as you, you ask, you, the oh man, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you can just get up in the middle of a podcast and leave. <laughs> this will be perfect timing. Wow. <laughs> 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 oh my goodness i see that's why i like having this brother on <laughs> all right um your sermon title daniel's god uh, taken from daniel 6 um you know as you started to get into the lesson and you know this gets kind of backtrack a little bit here we got what king darius right and we got uh these providences i think it was uh, three of them and at the time, it was a mid with a Medo-Persia, uh, Persia law, and I guess Daniel was Daniel was over one of the provinces, and they had the other two, I guess, or by these other governors and and was there church, church traps and whatever they were called um, over that. But at the scene at the time, I guess King Darius had such a relationship with um, Daniel that he was going to make him over all three, I believe, right? Not only of all three, so there were 120 presidents or um, princes, and then you okay. had three presidents. So Daniel mm -hmm. would basically be over 122 individuals, which were scattered across the kingdom that had responsibilities across the kingdom. So basically, mm -hmm. you had a organizational structure, the king, mm -hmm. Daniel, and then you had these men who fell below who were governing mm -hmm. different um, provinces, etc., etc. Okay. All right, now let's little move on from there. Thanks for the explanation on that. Now, all of a sudden, they the king knew about how Daniel was with his God. He knew exactly about that. Mm -hmm. But what got me is, is that, you know, now all of a sudden you put out the, what I really like what you said was in a sermon, uh, promotion promotes, promotion uh, carries out professional jealousy. Mm -hmm. So now here we, got, here we go. Now these guys are jealous of Daniel. Um, I'm gonna ask you a question. The, when they put this this complaint and they found nothing against Daniel, what I'm trying to find out is is that out of this jealousy from this uh, this uh, title that he was going to give Daniel, is it because of the fact that the relationship he had with King Darius? Is that because of why they were jealous, pretty much, and what he was going to inherit? Beautiful question. Beautiful. Ah, I got it. I'm back on. I'm back on. <laughs> Listen, why you had to let me laugh, man? Come on. <laughs> it's a podcast. Now, nobody's seen you laugh. They know you're laughing. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, no, seriously, it's a beautiful question because here's what's interesting. By the if you read um chapter five, when Babylon leaves the scene. Belsejar mm -hmm. was the one that was told, you're waiting the balance and found wanting, right? Right. Um, the question is this. 
what time frame has elapsed for this man, Darius, to know Daniel so well that he can invest such confidence in him? Yes. That's a very good question because why, why does he want to invest all of this in Daniel? Um, mm -hmm. One of the things we believe, and um, as Seventh-day Adventists, we, we espouse the, the, the writings of Ellen White. Um, so Media Persia, and this is a long debate, but I'm not going to get into the details of that because some are arguing if Cyrus was the first one or Darius or is it the same person? They were yeah. arguing, you know, but what's interesting, Ellen White suggests that Daniel um, actually, where's my Bible, actually um, showed Cyrus in from the Bible, in the, in the writings yes. of Isaiah, how, yeah. how um, God prophesied 150 yes. years before through Isaiah that he would yeah. overthrow yeah. the kingdom of Babylon. Sure. You, know, okay. you can find yes. it in Isaiah chapter, I think it's 44 or 40 onward. I don't remember exactly where right now. But okay. um, some way, somehow, Daniel was able to show to them how God has been leading prophetically. And I believe based on that and possibly other interactions with him, they realize that, listen, this man is honorable. This man is trustworthy, just as described in the text, faithful and someone yeah. who serves his God. So um, the, the, the idea is this. They somehow were, from whatever interaction with Daniel, came to mm -hmm. have such confidence in him that they realized that, you know what? This man has served very well under all. And by the way, um, it's, it's, it's almost certain that when they overthrew, they didn't just, um, get rid of all the, the individuals in leadership. And that was clear because the Bible says that Daniel was actually made third in the kingdom when Nebuchadnezzar, when he, um, uh, when he interpreted the writing on the wall for Belshazzar, right. um, because Belshazzar was actually second. Nabonidus, his father was actually first, but was a way they say on some exploit. So he was made second. So when the Medes and Persians came in, they're not just, they didn't really just throw out everyone. So they, they tried to get an idea of who was in governance, whatever the case is. And I guess kept who they wanted to keep, including Daniel. And from whatever mm -hmm. interaction they had with Daniel, where he showed to them the prophecies of the word of God, they come to like the man and saw that he was trustworthy and decided, you know what, this is someone we can invest in because he has our back. He has, um, the interest of the kingdom at heart and he will look out and by the way that speaks volume because politics is politics if it's back yeah. then or even now and it's the reason the those same. men wanted to get rid of Daniel is because of politics you yeah, know um, it's the work. same but it's amazing that you have this uh, quote-unquote Christian man in politics who was upright and there was no form of you audit the brother and you could find nothing wrong, not morally, right. not financially, not anything. It's amazing. And I, I want to suggest, therefore, that um, as workers, wherever we are, as I said in the sermon, that should be said of us. That mm. should be said of us. Unfortunately, a lot of times we treat our job as this thing that, oh, Monday morning is coming and blah, blah, blah. But no, we have to find a way, you know, to really appreciate the blessings of our job and let it be evident and by the way this is very important because persecution will come we we preach that All but right. if we are honorable if we are faithful if we are of such a character like daniel and integrity sometimes our very employer will be the one to protect us mm. 
you never know but we have to demonstrate that now we have to demonstrate that now yeah totally understood a beautiful question man beautiful question such a beautiful response so uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, <Very well. laughs> I, 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 it's just me i know um before don i got one more i want to add into this before we go mm -hmm. i don't want to jump into the bit um but they also, you like I said, the third traps, they knew this guy very well, Daniel. I just don't understand why they feel that they feel that they had to uh, test him compared to that. I, I, I can say back to that jealousy again, to test yeah. him, to test this man, you know, and then I call the word, the word I kept thinking about in the sermon was entrapment. Mm -hmm. They entrapped yeah. this king. That's, mm -hmm. that's, that's just my thing. They entrapped this king. Putting him against Daniel, and that, and of course that was wrong. You know, we see that what's is happening. Very interesting, yeah, yeah. But again, it shows you because here's what's happening. Um, we don't know the details of who these um, princes are, these satraps, whatever the case is. But as I mentioned, mm -hmm. typically they wouldn't just get rid of all the folks in governance when they come in. Sometimes they told them they would have to pledge loyalty to them. So maybe some of these could have been Chaldeans or Babylonians or whoever, or. Maybe they were the Medes and the Persians who were some of these princes, whatever the case is. But um, listen, I, I, I went riding this morning and um, when you when you ride in a large group um, on, a May, on, on the roads, especially here in South Florida, we have bike etiquette. So, for example, if you're going to turn and car is coming, you'll say car left, car right, whatever the case is. And one of the guys was, frost, was, was was fussing because he's like, come on, man. So I'm like, yo, you need to have an etiquette class. And his word was this. It makes no sense because people are selfish. Mm. Okay. People are selfish. And that's that the true. bottom line. These men, their, their issue is that they're selfish. They want to pill for the king. They want to. And how are they going to get it done? They have to get rid of Daniel because Daniel is standing between them and what they want to do. Gotcha. And so they have to trap the king. And of course, the king being foolish, oh, wow, I'm going to be a, a god for 30 days. Isn't that amazing? Yes. <laughs> I'm false without foolishness. Not realizing yeah. that it was being designed to actually destroy him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Selfishness, man. And trapping people because of selfishness. True, true. Okay, so you, you broke it down um about the first first and the second and the third you said the first one was you can't keep a good man down mm -hmm. why did you bring these three points up during the sermon? Mm. right so whenever you're preaching narratives you see stories of uh, whether in the bible or anywhere stories are you know don't really stories are what we say call inductive and what that means is you're moving from specifics to a big point, you know, mm -hmm. so you're building something. They're mm -hmm. not deductive where you state your point and then you get into details. So mm -hmm. in order to move towards that, you have to, with the main point, which we'll come to eventually, you have to find ways to present the story um, while being true to its content. Mm -hmm. So when we say you can't keep a good man down, for example, can we find that in the story? Yes, we can, because, of course, they're trying to destroy Daniel. And what happens? He only gets, you know, further promotion, as it were. Um, number two is, um, I preached a sermon. I'm supposed to remember. Oh, the law of the Lord is perfect. <laughs> um, 
the law of the Lord is perfect. Isn't that amazing that they say in verse five, we cannot find any occasion against him, except we find it against the law of his God. So right. clearly the law of Daniel's God was not something that was concealed or hidden, or he was ashamed about. It was evident. And by the way, being a Jew, it would be evident. The Jews go to church on Sabbath. They don't eat certain things. They don't bow down and worship. In other words, they knew who he was and they knew he was authentic and they knew that he was going to be true to what he believes. And as I pointed out in the message, how do you put an imperfect law against the perfect law of God? Who's going to win out? What's going to happen? Now, the question, as I said, if we're put in that position, will we actually stand for the law of God? Well, these brothers knew Daniel so much that they're like, listen, yeah, this is it. This is it. <laughs> He's going to stand for his God. So let's do it. That again, the law of the Lord is perfect. You bring that out in the story because that law was built on a deceit. But the law that Daniel kept was perfect. Hence the reason God vindicated him. And then the third point, the living God. That's why we coined the sermon or dubbed the sermon Daniel's God. When you're reading stories, um, writers are very intentional, especially biblical writers. As you read it, the story just kept saying, his God, thy God, my God, his God, thy God, my God. And I was reading it. And I was like, wow, look at that. Why is he doing that? He's literally emphasizing that the eternal God, the living God, is the only God to be served because um, any other God, especially a 30-day God, just will not last and will not prove beneficial to us so i did it that way to bring out the points from the story with the idea that we're taking a journey going somewhere which um those three points um combined was what we we you can't keep a good man down that keeps the perfect unalterable law of the living god who mm -hmm. is daniel's god so we did it that way to be true to the story mm -hmm. Mm. I was interested in the fact that you went through every single commandment. You're preaching to <laughs> a congregation that is predominantly Adventist that understands the commandments, but the way that you broke down every single commandment, it looked as if you were highlighting that even though we think we are keeping these commandments, in actuality, we need to check ourselves and realize, are we really doing that? Why did you do that? Well, I did that because, again... Beautiful question. Beautiful question. <laughs> Thank you, Jay Wall. That's a All right. Come on now. Yeah, give her the credit. I did that because look at what the text says about Daniel. You will not find any occasion against him, except you find it against him concerning the law of his God. And what that meant is Daniel was going to be true to the law of his God. That's what it means. Right. All right. Right. So what does that mean for us? Because we are going to face challenges, but we may not face challenges based specifically on the first commandment on which um, Daniel was tested. Mm -hmm. There are other nine. Mm -hmm. You know, something amazing happened yesterday. I kid you not. Something amazing happened yesterday. Um, someone came to me after the message and said to me, um, I've never done this before, but I, I want to let you know when you went through the commandments, it really struck me because I have a problem with one of the commandments and mm -hmm. we had a very interesting talk. Mm -hmm. Now, did I expect that? Mm -hmm. um, no. The person tells me, you know, I, I, I've been struggling with that, but 
I was, I was, I was um, literally, uh, and here's the thing for preachers. Here's the thing for preachers. It's one thing when you're preaching, you want people to engage with you. But when you realize that someone was actually listening mm -hmm. and wants to make a change in their life, mm -hmm. oh my goodness, that's the most amazing feeling. Mm -hmm. That's the most amazing feeling. And that was what stuck out with that person. The fact that I literally went through the commandments and when I addressed one, which was an issue for that person, they're like, yeah, um, pray with me, pray mm -hmm. for me. Amen. Um, because I want to grow by God's grace. Mm -hmm. So I did that so that we can be confronted with the reality. Because here's what. At the end of the day, if the law of the Lord is not written on our heart, and if we are not as true to the law of God as Daniel was true to the law of God, then we can claim that we're faithful to God. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, you went into a few details. One of them I thought, thought was very interesting. or what, All of them, actually. But... This one, you said stealing. So I'm like, well, what are you going to say about stealing? Because you know, we're all in church and we're not really going to go and steal. And you said that. But then when you said about when you borrow something from somebody and then you don't return it, especially like money, it's like it highlights it a little bit more. And then the other one, the hatred one, mm. I mean... We have, if we're really honest, we've all hated somebody at some stage of our lives. Yep. yep. To marry that with murder. Yep. How do you marry that with well, murder? Well, that's what the Bible says. The Bible says mm -hmm. that if you hate, read it in Matthew 7. Jesus says, if you hate someone in your heart, you've committed murder. Yeah. That's the root of, 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 of killing, hatred. You know, I give you a joke, and actually, it's not a joke. It's serious. Um, years ago, there was this man. He's dead now. God bless his soul. Very nice man. If I'm pre, if you're preaching, he literally will be at the back of the church, and he says "Amen" all the way to the front. He's amazing. <laughs> you you want him? <laughs> but listen, listen, listen. This man, you don't mess with him. You don't mess with him. You don't mess with him. Um, he, somebody borrowed some money from him. <laughs> And, uh, you know what? Leave it alone, because I would recommend you do this. But he's a church <laughs> member. But listen, don't borrow no money from him and don't pay him back because he's coming for you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, but let's face it. You do, do you know? And here's the thing. If we have to be practical in our messages. Exactly. Um, do you know how many people are at odds because of stuff like that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's amazing. You'll be surprised. And not that I know of any specific case, especially not a plantation, but mm. that's the reality that happens in it church all the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It is. You talked about um, children honoring your parents and how oh, children nowadays yeah. can dictate to the parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Listen, um, I, my father, bless his soul, he's passed away now, but he is six, seven, has a very deep voice. Mm -hmm. God knows why I didn't get the height. Um, I wish I were told, like, Colin, man, where's Colin? Where's Colin? That's, um, yeah, look at that's what I'm saying. Yeah, look at that. that uh -huh. so my dad is tall. My brother, I think, is about six, seven, two. Um, we used to call my dad the colonel. We didn't call him the colonel for no reason. Um, and he was a nice man, though. Everybody loves him. But um, he was serious about us being raised in a way that, you know, we honor our parents, we honor God, and we're a blessing to society. 
we are raising a generation of kids now where they're just so self-centered, man, and have no respect for authority. And the way children will have respect for authority is by the respecting their parents. And mm. we've seen how society has disintegrated because of um, this issue, the lack of respect for authority, which starts with parental authority. And I know some parents mean well, but um, golly, man, um, no, we have to train our children to honor our, their parents and to respect authority. Ellen White literally says that if children will not respect parental authority, they won't have respect for God. And sometimes we wonder why our children are so far from the faith or far from God. Um, unfortunately, many parents are complicit in that. She also states in the great controversy that Nero's mother, Hitler's mother, these men of these great men who have done atrocities, mm -hmm. their mothers and, and parents are going to be condemned in judgment because they fostered the certain characteristics and character trait in their children that prove problematic for the world. Mm. Um, and again, I'm not advocating that, you know, we, we, we children must be subservient or be abused or anything like that, but no, there is such a thing as respect, you know, and pardon me, I'm passionate about this because, um, I, I see where children, for example, go to school and are very disrespectful. I had a friend who used to teach at a school and these kids, I mean, I'm like, I couldn't teach because I've been in prison a long time. Pardon me, I'm like, I'm just <laughs> no, I'm serious because are you going to be coming in my face, cursing me out and, 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 you, and you can't touch them. And I'm not saying yeah. you touch them, but there's yeah, a you problem. Can't do that. There mm -hmm. is a problem if kids believe that they can't even speak to their teachers a certain way or relate to them. No, I, I, I don't know. I guess I'm from a different era or something like that, but no. You're not far, bro. You're in a different uh, planet. No, you're good. You're good. I don't know. Me growing up, me growing up, uh, we had truant officers when I grew up, when they went to school, mm -hmm. and they were in the classrooms with you. So you mm -hmm. looked wrong. You look wrong. You would, They send you to in that corner. Yeah. My mother knew about it. And your parents were called at the same time. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. Kids, like, yeah, so yeah, all that's been lost for some reason. All that has been lost, yeah. Yeah. But it's a biblical idea, respecting yeah. authority, which begins with proper parental guidance. Mm. Amen. 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 Um, yeah, so that guy leads back to you made that comment, Don. He, he mentioned about tail wagging the dog. Yeah. And the dog wagging the tail, yeah. you know, which is supposed to be, you know, something yeah. you know, less important. Controlling something that should be important shouldn't be should be important. Mm -hmm. Should I say? Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned back earlier about you said God. In this case, okay, we, we we can move up to Daniel when he's after this decree and everything has been done and he's been mm -hmm. entrapped, and now here's King Darius all worried now because of this relationship he has with um, Daniel that the fact that he he was forced into doing this decree and then also because you know this guy couldn't even sleep at night he was so worried. You know, and then Daniel gets tossed into the lion's den. Now, I believe first thing in the morning, 
when you said that, it made me think about your title when you mentioned, uh, well, not the title, but you made this comment, God's in control in spite of present appearances. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the theme of the book of Daniel. God is in control in spite of present appearances. And here's why that is important. When you mm -hmm. read Daniel 1, verse 1 and 2, the Bible literally says that God gave Joachim into the hands of Nebuchadnezzar. And that mm. might not mean much to us, but that is profound because Nebuchadnezzar besieges the city, takes it. But you didn't do it, Nebuchadnezzar. It is God uh, yes. who gives it to you. Mm -hmm. And for us, again, that doesn't mean much. But in those days, when they went to war, it was literally my God fighting against your God. So when Nebuchadnezzar took them captive, they could say that the gods of the Babylonians, Bel and Murdoch and all these ones, defeated the God of Israel. Mm. But Daniel mm. points the story and makes it clear that it is God. Read it in Daniel 1, 1 and 2 who mm. gives Israel into the hands of Nebuchadnezzar. So while we, and that's why I, I, I've learned, um, there's one statement that I hold dear. Um, in Steps of Christ, it says, worry is blind and cannot discern the future. Mm. And that is so true because listen, if God is in control, um, why do I need to, why do I need to even worry? He is in control in spite of present circumstances. And the reason Daniel could be faithful and could hold on is because of the relationship he had with God, knowing very well that God is in control in spite of what is going on. Yeah. And that is, that is the reality of our lives. So I hope someone who's listening can be blessed by that because, um, in the grand scheme of things, if God is not in control, he's not God. Mm. Amen. Amen. It's so true. I was interested in the fact that you brought out when Daniel went home after he realizes that everything is going down. He goes home and yeah. opens his blinds to go and pray at the window. Yeah. And so it showed that he actually had a habit of doing that. Do you think that he would have been perceived as being a little fanatical or a little oh, yes. legalistic? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And I think I even said that in the sermon. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Daniel, I argued with you. Why are you being so legalistic? Mm -hmm. Well, think of it. Mm -hmm. If we're put in that position, be honest. How many of us are going to go open our windows and pray? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. We're going to close that window and 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 said folks we got we got to be wise we can't um expose ourselves needlessly to danger or anything like that let's be wise you know blah blah daniel nah, that didn't care about that and the mm -hmm. reason he didn't care about that is because notice what they did they say no man should make any petition to any other god yeah they therefore knew that daniel had that habit happen mm -hmm. so this again was designed based on the prayer life of daniel mm -hmm. they're like no man should make any petition of any other God. Ah, why are we doing this? Because we know that Daniel prays three times a day. He does that with his windows open because according to him, he's praying towards Jerusalem, claiming the, the east, promises yeah, of, in the east. Uh, of first, exactly, first um, Kings 18, that if you pray mm -hmm. towards the temple, whatever is happening. So they knew what they were doing and they were doing it because they had a pretty good idea about the habits and lifestyle of Daniel where prayer is concerned and again um i'm sure 
In chapter one, they could have been called fanatical. Daniel, man, come on. Why are you making a big deal about what you're going to eat? Just, you know, <laughs> take it, but, you know, push it to the side or don't eat much of it. Or why don't you just kind of bend, bow? What's a big deal? You know, you're not really worshiping nobody, but come on. Who wants to go be burnt or anything like that? Um, yeah. or, or, in chap- or, or why are you praying when? And this speaks, this is something very important, especially in the last days, in the last days. Right now, we are at a point in our world and in this country where Christians and those who take a stand on certain things are going to be easily misunderstood. So we have to be prepared to be misunderstood. And when we say that, what we mean is we are cultivating a certain lifestyle long before, long before. You see, um, I read something this morning. I think Mark. Mark Finney is the one who talked about the fact that when a crisis comes, that's not when you prepare. You've been preparing long before. Yeah, yeah. Long and time. that's by your habitual lifestyle. So we're going to be easily misunderstood, but we have to be willing to, you know, say, listen. Um, and that, you know, Daniel didn't argue with nobody. He just kept doing what he's been doing. And um, that's because it's a habit, it's a lifestyle. And I'm sure somebody was going to call him fanatical. I'm sure somebody was going to call him crazy. But I've learned that I don't argue with people about what I'm convicted about and what I'm convinced about. To each his own. I know what I'm convicted about based on the word of God. And I'm going to take a stand for that, even if you may perceive that I'm, you know, whatever. So as we get ready um, for God's coming then the habits that we have within us have to be formed from now, correct? So how do we as a people, as Christian people, form better habits that even if the persecution comes down to the point where, as you say, we'd be misunderstood, we can still stand firm? Right, right, right. Um, I I, I close by using the illustration of playing the piano. so anybody can play a piano Mm -hmm. anybody all you have to do is practice no you may not play at a certain level or whatever the case is but like with anything else in life it's about habits Mm -hmm. so they say so an action reap a habit Mm -hmm. so a habit reap a character Mm -hmm. and we believe that it's when the character of christ is fully reproduced in us that God will come for us. That's what the Bible is. You know. It tells us about God's will and how we are supposed to grow in that will. So habits are the factors that determine character. If I keep, for example, lying or stealing, that I'm creating my character. You know, and it's very important to understand that. Which is why, while we do believe that we're not saved by works or habits, we believe that when we are saved, we cultivate right habits, which cultivates right character. Because that's how the character of Christ, there's nothing magical about salvation in terms of, oh, once you accept the Lord, you snap your finger and that's it. No. None of these boys, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And that's what their story is about habits and forming godly character Mm -hmm. and um 
we use this because prayer, which is one of the key elements of the Christian lifestyle. Research shows, for example, that on average, most pastors pray less than five minutes a day. And it's even worse Pastors? for our members. Wow. Yeah. That's wow. interesting. That's very and interesting. It's, and, and, and it's worse for church members. So how are we going to grow in character and grace with God if we prayer, which is an integral um, aspect of our growth in grace, we're not even doing that. Forget mm. reading the Bible. Mm. Um, I remember as a kid, I had to go to church with my Bible in my hand. We don't mm -hmm. see those things no more. Yeah. And most times people are in church on their phone. They're not reading the Bible. So what <laughs> habits are we cultivating? Because these habits affect character. And that's the point that we wanted people to get. Because in essence, when we say that in times of persecution, we will be what we have been in times of prosperity. Mm -hmm. We're saying that your character is not suddenly going to be transformed when you face right. persecution. Right, right. It, it, it doesn't happen that way. So it's a, a very important to develop proper habits as we prepare for the, the coming of Jesus Christ. So how can we practically, because um, as this month is all about prayer, how can we practically cultivate a better habit in our prayer life? What are some- Excellent question. Excellent question. That's beautiful. Um, no, that's beautiful. Oh. <laughs> Beautiful, excellent, excellent, beautiful okay. question. There you there go. You go. <laughs> um, so a few recommendations. Number one, we must have set time for prayer. If you look at Daniel, the Bible said he prayed mm -hmm. three times a day. Mm -hmm. So he had set time for prayer. Mm -hmm. um, we set time to go to the gym. We set time to go to work. We set time to do all things. But we treat prayer like a spear tire. We only use it if we need it or remember <laughs> it, you know. How many of us remember yeah. that we have a spear tire? And then sometimes we check it has no air in it, you know, in your problem. <laughs> so, exactly. So we have yeah. to have specific times for prayer. You know, that's mm -hmm. one of the things I, I appreciate about my parents. And I I, I wish I, I, I'm i not there yet. Lord, help me, Jesus. And it, but they, I've noticed that with them. Whenever we had morning worship, before morning worship, they prayed together. At midday, they prayed together. And they own their own business, so they're able to do that. But they had set time for prayer. We have to do the same. Another thing yeah. we can do is this. Um, we must, the Bible says, um, pray without ceasing. That doesn't mean you're kneeling all the time um, or that you're closing your eyes all the time. I've been driving already, and I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not lying. I've been driving and said, talking to people, so let me pray with you. And then I made to close my eyes. I'm like, no, 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 I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> keep your eyes open. Keep your eyes yes. open. Um, but when the Bible says pray without ceasing, it's suggesting that for the child of God, an atmosphere of prayer should surround us. And what that means is our hearts should naturally turn to God in any trial, any difficulty, or life circumstances. Mm -hmm. So it should be natural for us to think of him and like, Lord, um, I need you right now, you know, but a lot of times we try everything else before we go to God. So that's another thing. Yeah, the atmosphere yeah. of prayer surrounds us. Another thing that is very good too, I'm not really good at this, but I know people who do it very well, is a prayer journal. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you pray and you journal and you journal how God has responded to your, your prayers, what he has said, how he's helping you and stuff like that. But that's another good one. Another thing you can do is and this is not anything novel wherever opportunities are provided for prayer be there wednesday night meetings which are prayer meetings are one of the most um sparsely 
<laughs> attended services. Sure. Um, but wherever opportunity is provided for prayer, we should we should try to be there. We should try to be there. Mm -hmm. um, another thing you can do too. You know, one of the things that is amazing, you'd be surprised to know how many people want us to pray for them. Yes. You know, if someone yeah. crosses your mind, say a prayer for them or call them and pray with them. Yeah. You'll be amazed. I've seen how you pray with people and they're like, man, you don't know how much I needed that or things of that nature. But the point is, we are being careful like Daniel to set time aside and to make it a priority in our lives. So those are some of the, the ways. And there, there are mirrors of others, but at least these are some of the ways you can, you, you can do that. Yes. And I believe we should start, especially for those who are parents, cultivate that in our kids from a young age mm -hmm. um that makes a big difference too do you do that with your daughter oh definitely oh definitely but the problem is she prays for her uncle her aunt everybody. and everybody says, pray for me everybody. yeah yeah <laughs> everybody make sure you get everybody <laughs> i tell you and kids are honest you know the other day she was praying and she got this new dress she's like thank you lord for my dress and for my this and my that and I'm like, okay, then why are you praying about this dream? <laughs> but that's kids. And that's what prayer is, you know, just talking to God about what's mm -hmm. really on your heart. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I got to put this in here. But uh, why, why'd you hate that prayer on teacher? What'd you do to you? Oh, man, that woman is wicked. I'm, I'm <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> what did that woman do to you, man? Nah, nah, nah. Listen, I, I grew up in the. I, listen, I grew up in Jamaica. Those teachers, they'll whip uh, you for anything. <laughs> that's why you have a gloves now, riding the bike, I mean, man. <laughs> listen, man. Particular scars. Know. I got you, bro. I, I got know, you. Man. I don't know. We can. <laughs> yeah, it's good, Don. Well, Don, you got anything else for you? No, that's it. That's. Right. <laughs> well, guess what, Don? You got two and a half beautiful questions. I got none. So, uh... <laughs> you got the first one, man. You got yeah, first. yeah. Okay, I'll take the one. Yeah, I'll take one. <laughs> no, we want to thank you and all uh, for continue to come to the plantation and give us a word, brother, because uh, we need that preaching all the time. We need that type of preaching all the time. I'll tell you that from the bottom of my heart because you know what? I don't know if you're, you must be dead if you're sleeping on your sermon. I don't know. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm like, wow. You know, this is what we need though. Actually yeah. wake up, wake up, just wake up and yeah, just wake up and bring you through. Mm -hmm. um, blessings to your wife, unique uh, and uh, Kelsey. Mm -hmm. That's correct. And uh, so they have a good blessed week and everything on your family, man. Just, just lead by example, brother. That's all I always tell everybody. Lead by example. Amen, you know, amen. and be blessed. Um, so if it's anything else, sir, we can lead us out in the word of prayer. Sure, sure. Thank you, Lord, for a deeper dive into your word. I pray that the truths we have discussed will make a difference in our lives, will sanctify our lives, so that we, like Daniel, can be considered well-beloved by you and be worthy to make it into your kingdom. We don't know who'll be listening, but we just pray a blessing over them even now and ask that your word will be a lamp and a light leading them to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Bless Dawn, bless Jay Wald, and thank you for the excellent job that they're doing with this podcast. And may this podcast lead many to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. In his name we pray, amen.
Amen. Amen. Thank you. All right, Don, take it away. All right. So the birthdays for this week, um, we missed one, which was Friday yeah. on the 17th of August. Mm -hmm. We have Millicent coming up on the 24th. Millicent, and, yes. And on the 25th, we have Luke Casimir and Valerie Rose Brown Mosley. Yeah, you know, Luke is like a colonel, too. He's 6'7". I know seven. he is. He's, yeah. He's 6'7"? That's how tall he is? He's about 6'7". Yeah, he's... Is he taller than you? Uh, I think he's taller than Big C. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. He will, yeah, but he he speaks softly though. He speaks very soft. <laughs> you, you know, Joe. You know, Joe. You know, very soft. So. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm just having too much fun today. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, anybody else? We got. So we got to call Franklin. I got his number. I'm gonna, I'm gonna send him over. Yeah, we have a call, Franklin. Yeah, he, he may respond. Tell him to listen to the podcast. Yeah, yeah. So we have his mentioned name up there. But look, on a serious tip, guys, we need to just keep in continuous prayer for Haiti. Haiti, yeah. And also yeah. this, uh, I want to call it a chaotic exodus in Afghanistan. Afghanistan. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. I mean, they had two bodies fall from the plane as it took off. Two plane, two bodies fell from the plane, the big plane they carry. Yeah, I know. And it fell to the death. I was like, wow. So, yeah. So, as always, yeah, we want to thank you once again, uh, Pastor uh, Yvonne Marsh, or should I say Mr. Baritona. <laughs> and um, we want to thank you once again uh, just for just being there for our plantation. Thank you for yeah. just doing what you do. Stepping in. Keep it going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Also yep. for... Uh, Pastor Jen and her husband, hoping he's doing better. Yeah. And also for Pastor McCoy, just doing his thing as well, just being the glue everywhere. Absolutely. So we want to thank you for that. All right. So we want to thank all our podcast listeners, as always. Uh, any questions, comments, concerns, you can always contact us via WhatsApp, 954-388-8780. Blessings to all.